Hello, and welcome back to Climbing the Castle. I'm Dominic. And I'm Charlie. And welcome back to Season 2. We did it. Here's Season 2. We're on Pixar. We've finished all of the animated films in Season 1 of Dis Disney Animated Features Canon. That was a sentence full. That was, I, I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. It's been such a, a wild ride already. <laughs> but yeah, we're and... here. We made it through Disney, and now we're going to go through Pixar. And also, Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. We're in 2023 now. I can't believe it's been a whole year and a, well, probably a year and a half now. It's been a year and since a half now for us. Product, well, not a year and a half, but at least since the concept of the idea and the, the setting everything up and production and all that stuff, but it's been... It's been a lot of fun. We're excited to have you all on this journey. We hope you've been enjoying it with us. And we hope this beer is going to bring you lots of fun new content with us. We have a lot of great Pixar movies that we know are ahead of us. Oh, yeah. And then there's, of course, those few that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. And that's going to be exciting. There's. I was looking at the list the other day, and I'm like, I haven't, like, I didn't even realize that was a movie that was made by Pixar. Well, one, I'm talking about The Good Dinosaur, which is, like, thrown in there, like, in the middle of it. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, that's a Pixar movie? I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it. There's Brave I haven't seen yet. I know neither one of us have seen Luca. I have not seen Lightyear yet. I haven't seen Lightyear. I haven't seen Turning Red. And there's a lot of other great classics in there that we have seen. I'm looking forward to rewatching a lot of these classics again, especially next week. But like a Bug's Life, I've been wanting to rewatch for ages now since it came out on Disney Plus, because I remember that being like one of my favorite movies as a kid. Yeah, same. And like I was just planning on watching it as soon as I got Disney Plus, and I just never got around to it. And then once the idea of the podcast came in, I'm like, eh, I guess I'll just watch, wait until the podcast comes out till I get to that. Do you have any movies that you think are going to stand out to you that um, we have on this coming season? What's your, what do you think is going to be your number one from Pixar? See, this is a tough one because it doesn't matter where in the list we're going to get from beginning to end. They're all really standout movies. So it, it's tough to choose. I, I personally think Coco is going to be up there. That's a, a very good movie. I do love Mikoku. What about you? You got any predictions? Right now, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Monsters, Inc. going to be up towards the top of my list. Monsters, that is Inc. A good is one. just a, such an incredible movie, and I really love it. Of course. But with I, last season, the movies we didn't watch ended up being like some of our top movies. Yeah. So there's a good chance Luca is going to be up there yeah. or even Lightyear. It's possible. I mean, Brave could sneak in there and surprise me as the one that I've never seen before. Uh, I do think as another one that I've seen that has a good chance of being number one is probably Inside Out. That is also another incredible film that I love watching many like so many times. And... Oh, that is a good one. I remember when we would hang out just playing games. We'd always reference it 
just bing bong, bing bong. <laughs> Who's the friend till the end? Bing bong, bing. <laughs> that might be my my early prediction for catchiest song. Also, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we have a lot of great stuff coming up in this season. Um, not a, definitely not as many movies compared to last season. I think there's currently twenty five or twenty six Pixar movies that are released. Again, I think we might be in the same prediction predicament that we were in last season of the next Pixar movie comes out as soon as we're wrapping up this season. So it might be another situation with what we had with Strange World. But, yeah, which, I mean, it was able to come out in time for us to start off with that. Yeah, we, we, we snuck that in there as a surprise and we were able to finish up season one before we, we got this out to you, so... That was pretty satisfying for us. <laughs> Even though, well, spoiler alert, we are recording this before we actually recorded that. But It's not 2023 yet. <laughs> just, we're in the past. We're, just act like this actually happened already. But we, <laughs> we still haven't done our review for that. But at the time you're hearing this, we will have. Just enjoy the, the this presence that we got you for the new year. <laughs> <laughs> But with that, are you ready to jump into our first movie for this year? And Let's jump on into Toy Story. We are going to be covering Toy Story this year. This year. Only Toy Story Just this year. Toy well, I mean, Just there's enough. Only the first one. <laughs> all Toy Story, all season, all everything. I mean, we wouldn't be mad at that. <laughs> but yes, this week we are covering Toy Story. Set in a world where toys have a life of their own, Toy Story takes you on a journey through the eyes of two rival toys, Woody, a post-string talking cowboy, and Buzz Lightyear, a heroic space action figure. The two of them must learn to put their differences aside and work together when they're separated from their owner, Andy, as he gets ready to move to a new home. And this movie definitely still holds up to, to what I expected it to be for the most part. Oh yeah. What a good way to start the season. This movie is so much fun. And it's always just such a classic film. And it's not even in terms of just animation standards, but like movies in general. It's just such a, a classic film in all aspects of it. Like it's won many awards. It gets got so many accolades. And it's, it's a reason for that. This This is probably like one of the main movies that people think about when they think of Disney. Yeah. Not just Dis not just Pixar, but Disney itself. It's such a classic film and it's really funny. There's so many great jokes that are thrown in there. There's so many great characters. And there's one joke I'm gonna talk about in entertainment that I caught for the first time watching it for this podcast. Yeah, I mean, there was quite a few adult jokes that went over my head when I was, like, watching as a kid that, like, I pick up. Now, obviously, I've seen Toy Story within recent years, so it's not like this is my first time seeing it in a while. But, yeah. like, the amount of jokes that you pick up on, it's, like, that you didn't as a kid, it's it's pretty crazy. There was one that got my attention, and I died laughing, so I'm ready <laughs> to talk about that when we get to entertainment. Yeah. So, again definitely held up there's a couple of issues that we have in story that we'll get mm. to but let's just say i'm not going to be nice with the story 
Uh, before that, we do have our fun facts as always. So you want to jump right. on I've been missing those. these. I do have a lot of fun facts this week because there's a lot. Like I had to really pick and choose <clears> the fun <throat> facts that I wanted to put in here because there were so many good ones and I had to like fight it out. And I'm like, I got a lot of a couple of small ones that are like a sentence show and then a couple of big ones that are like story type things. But hopefully you'll enjoy them. This was the first animated film in Oscar his history to be nominated for a Best Screenplay Academy Award. Okay. So right off the bat, you see the accolades that this was getting. Yeah, this was already being praised as soon as it came out. I do think that is pretty crazy that it's the first animated film to be Best Screenplay nominated. This is also the first fully computer-animated computer motion picture. Yeah, because so back then... Everything was for Disney was being drawn still. Everything was hand drawn, or if they were using computer animation, it was only for like a character or for the backgrounds or for for the scenery. Mm -hmm. the, nothing, not even like even outside of Disney, there was no other movie that was fully computer animated. This was the first movie in like existence, which was a huge feat. That's crazy. Speaking on that, some of the three D effects were too complete too too complex or even impossible to calculate at the time of the film. Subtle tricks are used to avoid them. Some examples were the explosions. The the viewer never sees combat crawls demise. The the hair dynamics. Andy, Sid, Molly, and all characters have short hair, while Andy's mother's hair is always tied at the back in a simple tomato ponytail. And I mean water... those are some good ways to avoid some of those yeah uh one of the the biggest things we always praise water they could not figure out how to handle water so uh, flying water droplets that's what it says so when woody is dunking his head into the burning like into the bowl of cereal when his head is on fire they don't see any water they just show the like the top of the the bowl they show a little bit of cereal flying out yeah but no no actual liquids no they could not figure anything. out how to do that pretty cool that they got creative with the ways that they were handling these things when they couldn't figure it out uh, when woody is sitting on the bed talking with slinky there's a drawing of him on the wall in the, behind him this is actually an early sketch of the character of woody okay i remember i remember seeing that yeah i saw it and i thought it was just like a drawing of like andy did of woody or something like that but the fact that it's actually like an early rough sketch of Woody is is pretty neat. This one's a bit of a long story, so so bear with it. But it's very important to the in, the making of the movie. All right. During production, Pixar would report to Disney CEO Jeffrey Katzenberg with their progress every few weeks. Katzenberg was impressed with the production aspects, but not with the plot of the story would constantly give notes and change the script because he wanted to add a bit more edginess to the characters because they wanted the movie to appeal to both kids and adults. In an early screening of the first half of the film, the character of Woody was described as being a jerk and insulting all of the toys. The results of the screening were considered disastrous and the production was put on hold. When Katzenberg asked why the film was so terrible, the answer received was, it's not their movie anymore. This is not the movie John Lasseter set out to make. So Lasseter was allowed to reclaim control of the movie and make rewrites to the script. Production was eventually resumed 
after it was almost shut down completely. Dang, one guy almost ruined Toy Story, which would have ruined Pixar. Yeah, so this movie was almost shut down, like, completely. But they managed to get it back on track. After the production resumed, the crew went from 24 people to 110 people, which included 27 animators and 22 technical directors. In comparison, The Lion King, which came out the year before, was made with 800 employees. Well, okay, to start off, it went from 24, you said? 24 people, yes. To over 100. To 110. 27 that... of which were animators. That, so like that's they went quite a big jump. They hired more animators in addition than the original crew they had for the entire movie uh, at that point. And then that's still a smaller number compared to like the Lion King. Yeah, and... Lion King had eight hundred people working on the film at that point. <laughs> that's just oh such a huge God. difference. <laughs> Early scripts for the film featured a Barbie doll in a prominent role as Woody's love interest. The original ending sequence in which Buzz and Woody chased a moving truck was scripted to have Barbie drive her Corvette off the truck and rescue Woody and Buzz from Sid's dog. Mattel, the company that owns Barbie character, declined on the basis that they thought the film would be a failure and they did not want Barbie to have a defined personality, preferring to let children imagine Barbie's personality traits on her own. Thus, Barbie was dropped from the script, and her character was reworked into Bo Peep. When the film proved to be a huge success, Mattel did allow Barbie to appear in Toy Story 2. Yeah. Like, it made sense, because I don't see Andy... I don't see a boy his age really wanting to play with a Barbie. At least no, back then. But they probably... Just the fact that they thought the movie wasn't going to succeed as to why they didn't put Barbie in the movie is... I don't know. That's... And but looked... Rex is also made by that company, as he states. Yeah. So, but, like, they didn't mind giving up the rights to Rex at that point. They didn't. They saw Barbie yeah. as a much bigger thing on its own as well. And then, but... I don't know, I feel like Bo Peep's a better option anyways, because, you know, Woody's a cowboy. You know, he should be getting that Southern Belle kind of character as a love interest yeah. instead I mean... of... It, it worked out in the end. It didn't really affect the movie at all. Like, having that Corvette chase sequence, maybe it would have been a little bit cooler than... <laughs> I don't know. The fact that he had to go up and steal RC <laughs> through him just for the other toys to be even more mad at him. <laughs> Originally, the main character was going to be Tinny, the little character, the title character in John Lester's Oscar-winning short film, Tin, Tin Toy. The story would have involved Tinny being left behind at a highway rest stop and joining with a sarcastic ventriloquist dummy to try and get back to his family, but they eventually made it to a preschool. However, the writer soon realized that Tinny was too old-fashioned to be a child's favorite toy, so he was replaced with a miniature toy astronaut initially named Lunar Larry. Later, Tempest from Morph. Eventually, he became taller and was renamed Buzz Lightyear. The ventriloquist dummy, meanwhile, changed, changed and evolved, becoming less mean-spirited, and eventually turning into a cowboy named Woody. Well, then. This was almost a completely different movie than what we got. <laughs> yeah, very different. I don't know how I would feel about that. 
I mean, they were right in their in their assets of it, like not connecting <coughs> with the audience. I feel like that probably wouldn't have connected with the audience as well as this did, and all of these changes and evolution to the movie really helped out with their vision and what with what the movie had become. An early possible title for the film was "You Are a Toy." <laughs> hey, Woody yells that in the movie. You are a toy. <laughs> That was originally an early concept for the title. <laughs> I just thought that was funny enough to draw in there. That, that is pretty funny. Uh, I have a bunch of voice acting stuff coming up now. That's oh, Tom Hanks' brother Jim does the voice of Woody in all other appearances outside of the film, action figures, TV shows, video games, etc. So, like any Woody action figure or toy that you have, it's not actually done by tom hanks it's done by his brother jim that's and actually pretty interesting all of the move like all the the video games all of the like any other like outside of like the toy story universe tv show appearances it's all his brother because tom hanks just was like too busy and he couldn't be bothered with it so he just because his brother sounds very similar to him and like he was like oh yeah he can do all that work and, like, anytime someone offers him stuff for, like, Toy Story, they just send them to his brother. I wonder if anyone's seen the credits to one of the games or anything. Henry did a, you know, like, oh, hey, they spelled Tom Hanks' name wrong for some <laughs> reason. That's, that is hilarious. Who's Jim Hanks? But I do think it's hilarious that even, like, actual Woody toys, like an actual Woody doll that you pull the string, it's not even Tom Hanks. It's not even it's, Tom Hanks. It's his it's, brother. His brother. <laughs> and, like, any other appearance in video games and all that stuff is also Jim. I feel like that's false advertisement. <laughs> Ham's voice actor, John Ratzenberger, would later go on and voice a character in every single Pixar movie since, becoming Pixar's good luck charm. Pixar is the only animation studio to have a particular voice actor in every movie. Oh, like, I know he's in several, let's see, I know, all I can really think of is Monsters, Inc. He plays the Abominable Snowman. Yeah, I think I he plays the flea in The Bug's Life. Yeah, I mean, some of them were just like small, minuscule characters. Some of them are, like, I guess, major characters, but, like, yeah, he does have a role in every single Pixar That's actually movie. pretty cool. To cast Andy, Pixar held an open call for young male actors to bring in a toy with them. Eight-year-old John Morris brought multiple toys, specifically 45 X-Men figures, contrary to the instructions of bringing just one. Pixar reacted to the, him dumping all his toys with laughter and granted him the role for Andy. <laughs> so he got the, he got the job. Because he got he the job the because, because he broke the rules and made them laugh and thought <laughs> they thought it was hilarious. You know what? It, uh, whatever works. <laughs> now we have our favorite segment. Who original cast considerations? Ooh, okay, okay. Well, here's a little fun fact about original cast considerations as well. Uh, Billy Crystal was originally offered the chance to voice Buzz Lightyear but declined. After seeing the finished film, he said the big decision was the biggest mistake of his career. After learning, well, after learning this, John Lasseter telephoned Billy's house to offer the role of Mike Wazowski in Monsters, Inc. Billy's wife answered the phone and said, John Lasseter wants to speak to you. 
Billy just took the phone and said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I so. mean, yeah, that is a big mistake, seeing how well this movie did. Yeah, that that is hilarious that he just immediately responds with yes to the, the phone call and just like, I don't I don't know what you're doing, but I want to roll. I, I don't know what you're throwing me into, but yes, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Uh, other but she consi- does a good job as Mike. Just he does. <laughs> other considerations for the role of Woody: Paul Newman, Robin Williams, Clint Eastwood, oh. Alec Baldwin, Sean Connery, Robert De Niro, Charlie Sheen, and John Goodman. <laughs> However, John Lester did want state that he wanted Tom Hanks in the, from the beginning of everything, and he thought Tom Hanks would be the perfect person to play it. Okay, so one, if Clint Eastwood got it, that would have been like already good because he already plays Cowboys. Yeah. And I feel like we would have gone to, you feel lucky, punk. <laughs> and then let's see, Robin Williams. That would have been really interesting. Yeah. Let's see. I, I wanted he's... Sean. Con- I would have loved to see Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. There's a snake in my boots. There's a snake in my boots. <laughs> uh, okay. John Goodman, I felt would have made a made a good buzz, not Woody. Yeah. Or maybe one of the other toys. Other consideration for the role of Buzz: Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Jim Carrey, Jason Alexander, Dan Aykroyd, Matt Drew Broderick, Kevin Costner, Bruce Willis, Michael J. Fox. David Hasselhoff, Michael Keaton, Adam Sandler, and John Travolta. Okay, uh, again, some weird picks. Just imagine Buzz. Nobody calls me a toy. (laughs) A lot of very interesting choices. I will say they nailed the casting in this movie. Like Tom Hanks and like This movie's casting is already like, it's already a very well-known cast. Yes. Like, there's huge names in it, especially around but that time. Also, just the chemistry between between the two of them was incredible. It was perfection. I did read that they did actually record all their lines together so that they could work off of each other as well. And I love that. That's something we haven't really seen too much of in these movies like we've talked about even how many times where people didn't like... even meet each other until after the movie was over or like they only met each other once so that's great uh that is all that i have for fun facts though those are some good fun facts to start us off yeah it's a, another great start to our fun facts another start to our season with that let's jump into our scores for the first time all right let's do this what do you have for your story score? So, yeah, I have a seventy-eight. That's quite a quite a low score we have. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting off with a low score, but I have my reasonings. I have an eighty-four here. That's six Which, points. So. It's six points, but it doesn't seem as bad because it's still in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 78's not a low, low, low score. No, it's not. But but some of these issues, like, really got me to start, like, getting mad at the movie at parts. 
Well, I mean, the story, is, the concept of the story itself is great. It is a really smart, like, ingenuitive, new, like, new story concept. Like, the idea of toys. Toys coming to life and having actual personalities to them. Yeah. That, that's a great concept. And, like, things that happen within the movie are, like, really good. Yes. But there are just so many holes and... There's... A lot of questions that can be asked during this movie. Uh, physics is a major issue in this movie. How how physics work and how things should be working. I mean, just let me just start off with why is Bo Peep so unloyal? No, not that's not the biggest issue. <laughs> but still, I mean, there's a lot of questions. Just to start things off, there's so many questions that can be asked about how the world of the toys work. How do the toys know the rules of being a toy? Like, is that programmed into their mind already when they're made? Yeah, like, are are the are toy developers taught? just in there like, oh, yeah, they're not going to know this, but these toys come to life. But, but we're going to have it programmed to where if there's a human coming, they just drop dead. Are they are they sentient beings of their own, or are they manufactured still, or like how do they how have does, babies? How does this work? Because <laughs> like, if it's just they're made like that by like in a factory and they're made like alive, then like wouldn't adults know about this as a thing? Like, yeah, like what brings these toys to life? <laughs> Please, Bye. for the love of God, tell us. Maybe in the fifth movie. Who knows? <laughs> also, like, how does Buzz not understand that he's a toy? Like, if everyone else knows that yeah, they're toys. Like, everyone knows where they're from. What is going on? How does Buzz not know he's a toy? Yeah. It, it, I don't know. Also, what constitutes a toy? Because, like, apparently boards, board games don't count. But, like, certain things do. Like, how... Do, what constitutes making a toy being able to come alive? Yeah, I feel like I feel like board games should count. Like we should have got a whole scene where his the battleship he gets for his birthday. Well, we see the boats like, all right, guys, we're not gonna let the other side win this time. I mean, they were playing battleship in one of the scenes as well. They could have done something there. But Slinky also, was ready to play some checkers. He had mousetrap in his room. I saw that. How come the mm -hmm. mouse and mousetrap doesn't like come alive? I feel like that should constitute as one of the toys. That's so like what how does that work? How is it how is this being decided? <laughs> uh but... also someone if like their whole point of like is hiding when people are coming around. I feel like someone in the history of the universe should have caught their toy moving at least once. Yeah. Like and like cuz like how, one thing is what how does Buzz know to be a toy when he doesn't realize he's a toy. Yeah, I mean that's also a major issue part of because it, part of it. Starting to think about it, they can just start moving around on their own because of that whole thing with Sid. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I mean it's not like they're locked in to, to freezing up whenever there's a human around. Yeah. So like how does Buzz know to just act I don't know if I should say act be lifeless yes but, but like, also like they would have been caught had they not have radio communication with the army men in that first scene 
of like when they're coming up with the presents and stuff like that. Yeah, the whole so which, that's another thing. What took those kids so long to get up the stairs and into that room? That house is not well, that big. I go when we move forward into one of my notes, I have a whole issue with the timeline of that party itself. Because yeah. the whole timeline of that party was terribly planned and like made no sense in the reality of an actual children's party. Not that yeah. I've been to many because <laughs> I didn't have many friends growing up. Oh, I'm sorry, Charlie. <laughs> Insert tear emoji here. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go to too many as well, but I do have, I've been to enough where I have experience and I understand how parties work and that timeline should not have worked, but we'll get to that later. But yeah, I mean, had they not been warned by the army guys that they were all coming up to the room, they all have been just like in the middle of the room doing whatever they were doing and the kids would have walked into them and it's like like when the toy soldiers were going down to take the baby monitor yeah and you know they hear andy's mom come so they freeze into position andy's mm -hmm. mom opens the door steps on one goes oh, i thought and i told andy to pick these up well were they there whenever you first walked into the room yeah, I mean, a lot of it can be chalked up to, like, kids just leaving their toys everywhere, or, we, like, most kids won't pay attention to where they left their toys, like, specifically at certain points, and they won't realize if it's moved by a little bit. But at the same time, there's got to be a lot of cases where toys were not able to get back to, like, their original position, and it's, like, extremely obvious. And, like, there's got to be a lot of confused people. It's like, how did my toy wind up here? Or how did my toy, like, I yeah. know I left it there. Like, the, even throughout the movie, Andy should have been questioning some of this stuff. Like, but Especially when they fell through the roof into the box that was sitting right next to him the entire time. Just, oh, what was that sound? Oh, hey, Buzz and Woody are at the top of the box somehow now. That The box that's been sitting next to me this entire time that I checked how many times to see where they were. Like. What? <laughs> but also there had like there had to have been some kid that was at like walked into his room while they well, it all could the... be that the kid if a kid sees it they could be telling their parents like oh yeah my toy was moving and doing all this stuff and they're like oh that's great billy you have a great imagination yeah, well, just, i'm sure is the case as well but like i'm sure there had to have been adults that got caught caught them as well because mm -hmm. like with Sid, when he runs in and tells his mom all his all his kids all his toys came to life and started attacking him, his mom's not going to believe that. Which I have issues with Sid also <laughs> in the story that we can get to later. But there's, I just wish they would have set up a bit more parameters as how how the life of toys work and how the rules of toys work and how all this makes any sense. And granted, if they would have did that, it probably would have taken away a lot from the movie and it like would have would kind of kills the magic of it but at the same time it's at the same time these questions need to be answered <laughs> yeah the other like, what the other brought big... these toys to freaking life that's <laughs> all i want to know the other the other big issue that i know i know i had and i think you mentioned that you had was the physics in the movie mm -hmm. like woody opening windows or opening doors or woody opening the back of a moving truck have or, you ever opened the back of a moving truck before? Yeah. You really could, have to have some muscle. I could barely open that as like a No, you don't have man. to be He-Man strength, okay? Don't <laughs> get us wrong. But you have to at least have some muscle you on your body to be I able find to it push it up. Completely impossible to believe that 
a toy as small as Woody can lift up the back of a moving truck. Even with help from physics, like the truck hitting a bump in it, like shoots the door up, yeah, maybe. That, that Even would... then, it, there should be a little strength added to it. Mm-hmm. And Buzz, the famous scene of Buzz flying over all the cars and all that. Or falling with style. No, yes. that was straight up flying he was doing. Yeah, he would have fell out of the sky immediately after, like, as soon as, like, because those wings aren't doing anything for him. He should have just, like, went up and then came straight back down without any gliding, without any, like, even a paper airplane. If you make a paper airplane, you know how hard it is to get it to fly more than a few feet? Yeah. (laughs) And the wind would have to be, there has to be an updraft strong enough to hold him up, which doesn't happen naturally for a toy no. of his density to fly well all, one that rocket also seemed to be flying for quite a long time like i can't i don't re- how, yeah <laughs> that that rocket flew like how far it was going it just kept flying and flying and then it still went up in the air after it was flying straight for how long yeah rockets don't do that <laughs> well, this was a just... rocket that a child was able to order straight through the mail somehow that, That's as well. the issue I had with Sid. <laughs> How did he order that rocket without his parents knowing? Yeah. Because he obviously had to be using mom or dad's credit card. Unless his parents just ordered him a rocket somehow, which, I mean, it wouldn't put it past him because they seemed like pretty terrible parents because they also let him skateboard to and from the pizza planet all by himself. Yeah, I don't know what to... make of his parents but but also the car like all the toys like in the back of the pickup truck should have just fell out not the pickup truck the moving truck when the door was open and woody and buzz standing on the back of the the truck as it's driving like yeah i've like if you stick a cup of coffee on top of your car and start to drive away the second you like back up your coffee is already flying off the side there's, yeah. there's no way Buzz and Woody are like having a whole like tug of war with the dog in the back and all that without falling off the back of the truck. Like, there's no reason for any of those toys to be standing while that truck's moving. <laughs> also, when they were switching the light bulb out, when they had him on the fishing line, well, it was Sid's creations or whatever. Mm-hmm. They dropped Woody through like the light bulb hole, and then like pulled him back up and like reinserted the light bulb somehow, like without like from the top of it. I've tried reinserting light bulbs from the bottom, and it's still such a pain to, to try and get it done correctly. There's no way they were able to put that light bulb back in properly from pulling it with a fish hook. But it's stupid things like this that just bother us and annoy us enough to to cause issues with the movie they keep this score from being too high (laughs) and again it is it it's a movie where toys are alive so like we should be able to put this stuff past us because like the whole concept of the movie is unrealistic but again there's only so far you can take it before it becomes unbelievable (laughs) to to more even more of an extent but uh going through the story you know it starts off with Andy playing with his toys, which is a good thing. That was a, a wonderful transition of just having him playing with the toys, and then he puts the toy down, and then it transitions to the live of the toys. Yeah, like like he runs, throws the toy on the bed, takes 
his baby sister and walks out the door. Suddenly, what he's like, wife, coast is clear. That was a brilliant setup from that. And then I also wrote in my notes that Bo Peep needs to chill. <laughs> needs to go to horny jail or whatever. Just she needs to chill. Well, she's just having fun with Woody. Let her have her fun with Woody. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but then we get to the the party, which is where I have all my issues with the the time I'm into the party, because all the kids arrive at the party, and they go to open presents immediately. That's one I've never been to any party where they just oh, like presents is like the last thing that happens at the party always. I've never been to a party where so you just... the few parties that I've been to. Yes. Uh, the couple that I've been to. We did open the toys first so that all the kids can play with all of the toys. Okay. I mean, yes, that I guess I can understand that happening. But on that account, Woody only got one toy in that entire party, which was another issue that I had. You mean uh, Andy? And, yeah. So, Woody Andy, got another toy. He got one toy from like out of all those gifts. He got Battleship. The the rest were pretty. I'm sorry if I was a kid, I would not want bed sheets as a birthday. <laughs> who invited present. that kid? As as they said, <laughs> their potato head says, who invited that kid? <laughs> but I mean, I do. I find it hard to believe that, like, out of all <clears throat> those kids and all those gifts, not one of those kids got him a toy. Yeah, one got him a lunchbox. I don't know. That just seemed kind of weird. But then, yeah, he opens all his gifts. Then the kids run upstairs for less than a minute to play with the toys. And then they get called right back downstairs for games. Which, as I said, the kids took forever to get up the stairs and into the room. (laughs) The toys should have been caught. They should have been caught, yes. But why would the mom (sighs) let them run up the stairs and do all that if she's just going to calm down for games in two seconds anyway? Yeah. Like... (laughs) I get it. Kids are excited and they're going to want to play with all the new toys that they just opened and whatever. But like, I don't know. I feel like. Which really only one kid should have been playing with the toy. And <laughs> the rest were just kind of in there yelling and screaming and running and jumping. <laughs> like, Yeah, it was. It was just kind of odd the way the whole setup of that party went. And then that's when everyone meets Woody for the first time. Everyone meets Buzz for the first time. Yeah. And he has his impossible odds of flying to prove that he can fly, which was like a one in a million shot of him not actually falling. Yeah. Which <laughs> he had his eyes closed the whole time because he's like, I can fly around this room with my eyes closed. <laughs> he bounces off of the ball into like the ceiling fan, flies around in a circle. Like, how could he call that flying if he didn't control when he landed? <laughs> Well, it was falling with style, apparently, according to according to Woody. to Woody. But I mean, just the odds of that happening in that sequence is also just highly like unlikely to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one thing I did want to talk about is I did think it was cool that they threw in the toy soldier stealth mission to get the radio down, and that was a fun sequence. <laughs> Just the army men going into position and dropping the walkie-talkie down and mm-hmm. reporting everything into them. And... and then, you know, he does that, and this is where I go with the 
Bo Peep is unloyal because suddenly, like, he does some cool things and she's like, I found my travel buddy. <laughs> like, girl, you have yourself a man. Stick with him. Yeah, that was very uncalled for from her. I, I, I hate that we're already getting to this argument in the first episode, but technically, Woody is considered a villain here. Yeah. Like he's an anti hero. He's, he's an anti hero. No. Not necessarily a villain, but like he's not the greatest of people. He's he, he let jealousy get to him. He's very jealous of Buzz. He let that get to him. He tries to knock him out of the, the house or just off no, the No, he tries to knock him behind the shelf. I think it was off the side of the bed, or maybe it was the no, shelf. No, it, it was a dresser. He wanted to. But, he saw the eight ball roll and get stuck back there. So he's yeah. like, maybe I can knock Buzz back there. But he, Buzz ended up getting knocked outside of that house. Which, definitely not a cool move. And like, there was a lot of issues with Woody and his, just some of the things that he did. However, and unlike other, like, of the, the villain characters that we've seen so far, his, his character, the way he played off of, the other people work so well like him and his is buzz relationship was just such a fun relationship that they had and it kept and changing throughout the entire movie they're back and forth banter yes and he he learned eventually in the end and i'll get to that later on when when it happens but, yeah. but just the banter between woody and buzz throughout the entire movie was just hilarious but we can definitely consider him that's not a great guy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, so as after Buzz gets knocked out of the window and Andy goes, okay, I'll take Woody with me. How do people not hear Buzz and Woody like arguing with each other under the car? Because obviously humans can hear toys with, again, Sid. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know. It under the car might be muffled if the car is on already or not it might be muffled under the sound of the engine but they're yelling pretty loud (laughs) they are yelling and screaming yes they should be heard there's there's a bunch of spots where like people should be aware of what's happening or hearing some kind of noise or something that they're just kind of oblivious to everything and find what do you find a way to get to pizza planet yeah how did the pizza delivery guy not notice Buzz just jump into the car and buck have and be buckled up? I mean, he was talking to someone getting directions, but yeah, I mean, he should have at least looked over into his passenger seat at some point while he was driving and seen a Buzz Lightyear figure in there <laughs> strapped just into the seatbelt. Strapped into the seat. Like, what? Then Woody also opens the back window somehow. And climbs through the back window of the, the truck. And survives a uh, tool chest to the face. How did Woody... Act, did they even... Sh- I don't know if they showed it. How did Woody actually get all the way up to the, the window? He jumped. That's a high, high... Like, it has to be... Well, I mean, very... he climbed up the back of the car. But even that, I feel like, like he shouldn't have yeah. been able to just climb into that. So he's, even just Buzz getting into the actual seat of the car i feel like should not be physically possible yeah because like unless it's like 
a toy car, there's like that height difference between the seat itself or the window or wherever you climbed in should have been a, a massive journey for Buzz to get up to. And then it would have been hard for them to get out of the car as well. Yeah, how did they get out of the car? That's they got awesome. out of the car with a cup and burger box. On top of them. <laughs> yeah. No one sees just a cup and a, a burger box jumping out of a car window at this point. <laughs> or walking around. or. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they it worked for them. It was a genius of disguise to get into the... I like how Woody came up with the plan without even thinking about it. Like, but he he was like, he just popped his head up with the cup over his head. And Buzz was like, you're a genius, Woody. <laughs> and then whenever they're arguing, like Buzz runs into Woody. Woody turns around with the straw and stop that. <laughs> Buzz opens the lid. Sorry. <laughs> but then they, they get into the pizza planet. And that's when they wind up in the car. Which is one well, of, still one of the best scenes. That pizza planet looked like fun i wish oh, i had that as a kid i would love to i mean i know i had yeah. chuck e cheese we all had chuck e cheese but pizza planet still. looked so much better than chuck e cheese though yeah i'd rather have space stuff than a singing <laughs> mouse serving me pizza <laughs> well okay cardboard well pizza planet also looked like it had legitimate arcade games too instead of just like well some chuck e cheese had legitimate arcade games I guess. I don't like, know, I, I just... remember playing the Simpsons arcade game all the time at Chuck E. Cheese, as well as the Ninja Turtles arcade yeah, game. Yeah, I guess, I guess some of them had a few of them. But I don't know, this seemed like a, more of a full-blown arcade plus Chuck yeah. E. Cheese experience. But yeah, I would have I would have been very happy to be at Pizza Planet as a kid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we do get to The Claw. The Claw. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Sid is really good at The Claw game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've won a couple of things in a claw game before, but not one after another. I, I struggle he, he before I actually two things get back a prize. To back. I also feel like Buzz should have been released by the claw as soon as Woody started pulling on him. Yeah. Claws, claws, claws are the flimsiest little things to begin with. So, like, just grabbing onto something, like, when it's Which when Woody you're trying to... Woody should not have been able to hold him back. Yeah. He should have just been released immediately by the claw. As soon as Woody grabbed onto him. But nope, he he somehow grabbed onto both of them. And then Sid skateboards home to the pizza from his from the pizza planet to his house. Like Which is probably not that short of a distance. I don't know. We don't see we don't see how far they drove from from Andy's house to to the pizza because the they stopped the gas station. station. But they don't show the actual distance. But I'm like, even so, how old is Sid at this point? He's got to be... I would say like 11 or 12. He is preteen. I feel like he's younger than that. Really? I would say he's like 9 or 10. 10-ish the max. And then, like, what kind of parent is letting their kid skateboard? Even, like, even if, say, Pizza Planet is like three blocks away... Well, Wait, back what? then, <laughs> I walked from an elementary school to the high school my dad worked at when I was in, well, I was in middle school back then, but still. I don't know. But they're also ordering him rockets, or he's ordering rockets through yeah. the mail. He's getting something. rockets, and he has to have some parental guardian to be like, 
Okay, you can get this. Also, like, where is where are they at that they can just order like that kind of rocket straight through the mail? Because that was like it seemed like a heavy duty rocket. But... Yeah, that should be illegal. <laughs> but no, he can just ten year old kid can just order that straight to his house and get delivered to him. Man, the nineties were weird. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong on that one. <laughs> but. That's when we meet we meet all of Sid's creations that Which he made. Sid is not a good doctor. No, he doesn't even he's probably never been to medical school. <laughs> according to Buzz. <laughs> that oh, another thing out. about Sid's room. Yes. He's he slams the door, opens it, slams it. He doesn't lock it ever, but somehow he keeps his sister out. He keeps the toys. He kept the toys in because it was locked. Yeah, but it's I don't never know. actually locked. I mean, it seemed like that was the case in a lot of the, like, even with the the claw machine, Woody just unlocked the claw machine very easily from yeah. the inside. All he had to do was um, move the knob up. Like, I feel like that shouldn't, that's not how it works. Like, you need the actual key to, to unlock that. He shouldn't have just been mm-hmm. able to push that lever up and open the door. But, uh, Yes, it doesn't even lock the door, but somehow the toys get locked in and his sister got locked out. Like, she should have been able to barge through his room, take her dolly back. Yeah, I mean, but are you, if you're his his sister, are you really barging in and trying to fight Sid? My sister did. (laughs) Um, Also, his parents seem to have done nothing any time his sister went to crying to them. Well, I mean, Sid did go on the defense once she starts crying to mom and yeah and then that's goes, when he leaves the room he and says runs. is not true that's when he leaves the room and runs down after that but like she has evidence like all she has to do is go grab the doll that she he just ripped the head off of and stuck a a pterodactyl head on and show his parents well he and she ended up not taking it that's what i'm saying like she left it up in said room but if i was her i would just go and grab that and be like, here, look, he's this doll with a pterodactyl head that said. Did. <laughs> I love how how scared Woody and Buzz were of all Sid's creations, and they all just turned out to be. They super ended up helpful. being like some of the sweetest toys. <laughs> They're all just as scared as they were. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's when Buzz has an existential crisis from seeing the Buzz Lightyear commercial. Which I I just remembered this about how he doesn't realize he's a toy. Why is he just now seeing on his, like, control panel flap thing? Made in Taiwan. Ta- yeah. Yeah. He just saw that, like, forever ago. Like, huh. Yeah, I guess. that. I mean, you should know what your body is like. <laughs> That's something that he probably should have noticed at some point in his life. If but Yeah, Buzz has an existential <laughs> crisis. <laughs> he just sees the commercial. He presses the button that does the same exact voice line. And then he tries like, to fly out the window and just falls flat. Exactly what should have happened when he was flying with the rocket. He just falls straight flat down. Mm-hmm. And then but... he's just questioning his entire life. Yeah. So we see him at a tea party freaking out and <laughs> Woody like drags him away. Now this also brings me to one of the other questions I forgot to bring up when we were discussing the toy questions. Do toys feel pain? Yeah, because he lost an arm. He lost an arm. like. But what he can feel like the burning sensation on his forehead yeah. when it's like 
Pointing he, the magnifying he, glass and at he him. was screaming Al when like the toy test was bumping it. Not the toy test, but it was a tool test in the truck. Mm-hmm. Oh, and when they were fighting, Woody got his hand stuck in the helmet. Yeah. It screamed so, from pain. So like, how did Woody just have an arm ripped off of him and he's not making Buzz. any noise? Buzz had an arm Buzz, ripped yes. off. Buzz, yes. How did Buzz get an arm ripped off completely? Like, just... It just falls off like... I feel like he should have been screaming in pain. Don't he, or shouldn't these toys be having reactions when stuff like this happens? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Right. But the toys, or no, Woody, like, looks up, like, the window. So he finally looks outside the bedroom window over to Andy's bedroom window. Which he could have done the whole time, like, guys, we're over here. <laughs> he just didn't think about it at the time. He was too preoccupied with trying to escape in the first place. And what he could have explained exactly what happened to them. Like, the whole reason Buzz's arm was off. Like, yeah, Buzz is here, but um, I mean, he, he finally realized he's a toy. So now he's having a crisis. Um, his arm fell off while he was trying to fly. I mean, the toys were also to be to blame in that situation there because they just weren't listening to Woody's stories at all, and they were just didn't refuse to believe anything he said at anything from that point. And well, it no, also the seemed toys were believing it. It was Mr. Potato Head and yeah. Ham who were. I was going to say it. It seemed to be a deep rooted issue with Mr. Potato Head and Woody that was like some unresolved issue that. Yeah, Mr. Potato Head might be a villain. Mr. Potato Head has some beef with Woody. It seems. Because he just didn't want. Because he's the one-eyed bandit from the beginning, <laughs> and Woody stopped his plans. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he wouldn't. They just refused to listen to any excuse that Woody gave at that point. And even the same thing when they were in the truck later on, they wouldn't listen to any mm-hmm. stories that he had. But uh, the toys eventually, Sid's toys eventually put Buzz back together. We find out they're nice. Yes. Then we get Woody's incredible inspirational speech, which was a major source of character development for the both of them. Oh, yeah. Because it makes Woody realize that he has been acting wrong the whole entire time. And it makes Buzz realize that even if he is a toy, he's just as good as the rest of them. Yeah. But it's too late by the time they're trying to free Woody. Which this was another issue that I had because it rained the entire they all re- like he was supposed to blow them up the night the day before, and it rained. So he goes to one. I didn't realize he was going to sleep for the night. I thought he was taking a nap the first time I watched the movie. Yeah, I was thinking that too. But no, he but it's he went to sleep for the night and he set an alarm for the morning. But apparently it rained the entire night and then in the morning everything's dry, like it didn't rain at all. Yeah. There's no way he could have shot a firework because, like, <laughs> it'd still be... The ground would still be completely wet. Everything would be wet out there. There'd be so much moisture in the air. <laughs> like, but... there's no way it should... And also, I felt like the night just kind of flew by. Like, yeah. one moment, like, not what necessarily it... that flew by, but, like, sunrise flew by real It did. Fast. Well, it did come out of nowhere because they were... It was still dark and rainy when Buzz was... When Woody was in the thing... And then the moment Woody uh, Buzz starts taking, knocking the to- the tool chest off of him to get him out, it just turns it, into day magically. It's suddenly sunny and not raining. 
yeah. the moving truck's already there. It's like, well, <laughs> what? That it, it came out of nowhere. I looked at the the clock and it said seven o'clock, so it's only seven in the morning at that point. So like that just makes no sense for the rain to have cleared up like that and just bright and sunny. Like none of that rain ever happened at all. Yeah, but and then that's when we get to the scene where he's trying to launch them in the air and on all the toys come alive well that whole rescue mission they had again the whole light bulb thing didn't make sense but the whole rescue mission was really cool it was cool to see yes it didn't physically it didn't was not should should not have been possible (laughs) but and then we get the whole we get that confrontation between woody and sid that everyone knows like we see everything. And Woody's head <laughs> just starts turning. I would have already been freaking out by then. I mean, and he should have been freaking so out when he said Sid, when he called his name. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would have been already, like, freaking out, like, uh, nope, I'm setting you on fire now. Forget this. Granted, Sid definitely deserved this and what happened to him, but he's going to be, he has to be traumatized for his, for the rest of his life from this moment. Oh, like, yeah. There's no way he doesn't like this doesn't scar him and it didn't like break him mentally and physically like it should have been like he should have been freaking out much faster he was more of like confused whenever like he says his name and he like turns the toy around like checking it out like if i'm a kid and like all my toys just come alive and like go to attack like yell at me and like start attacking me and stuff like that like i feel like i'm gonna wind up like institutionalized at some point because of like that's all you're going to be thinking about and like you're going to be trying to tell everyone that you know about it and no one's ever going to believe you yeah and it's which just... he does run into the house after all this happens and he runs into his sister she has her dolly he's like nice dolly stay away <laughs> and has that, like ha, ha, i have something against you now but like think of it, no one's going to believe him ever like no matter who he tells oh no no one's gonna believe that and like he knows what he saw so like that's definitely gonna mess with him for the rest of his life he's going into a crazy people home that's for sure and again like is this obviously they broke the rules of letting him see them as a toy but like who instates these rules of them not supposed to be seeing like as they're getting manufactured there's some toy just randomly hiding like hey hey don't let don't let people know that we're alive yeah like again this is something like how how come other toys just don't come alive to like like none of it makes sense (laughs) (laughs) then we had the final chase scene of them trying to get back into the truck which was the most inconsistent inconsistent scene of the entire movie yeah, how was that toy car moving faster than the real cars? Well, that, how was it being, it was also... Even with the speed limit, the, there's no way. It should not have been able to catch up. It was also driving on its own at certain points, and it needed a remote at other points. Because... Yeah, like, I understand if RC could drive on its own. But why was Woody controlling him, like... They had they kept showing that Woody needed to control him and drive him, yeah. Because Woody was when Woody was like getting attacked by the other guys, he was spinning and then the RC would spin, and he dropped the remote and that causes 
RC to jump in the air, which is just not, that's not how it things was, work. It's RC's batteries died. Does that, does that not equal the toy dying itself? I guess. Like, can RC just not move <laughs> anymore at all? Uh, we, again, battery. I get. Then we didn't. I didn't even think of battery-operated toys as to how that affects things. Yeah, you got me messed up here. <laughs> I mean, it's still a cool car chasing. Well, I guess RC can drive on its own without with the batteries in, like being controlled by the remote. Remote, and if it's not using battery powers, it can only drive. It can only drive. Like being controlled by the remote? I don't know. Uh, no, that doesn't make sense, though, still. Cause... <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, because Woody was controlling him at certain points, and then he stopped controlling him at other points. Because if it mattered about the battery's life, they could have still been chasing... <laughs> like They could have still been chasing the truck that if whole... the batteries died, if that's the case. That whole point, went, right after they drove Woody out of the truck, RC is driving on its own. Because he's not he's not touching the control at that point, and then as soon as he gets back and is sitting on RC, is when he takes control again, mm -hmm. and he starts acting like he's driving and turning and stuff like that. So like, how was RC driving and turning before he was doing that? Yeah, that whole car chase scene is like <laughs> the weirdest scene. Then the rocket. They, they, one, the whole rocket, they, you know, flying straight and then shooting well, up. Well, they shouldn't have even been able to light the rocket in the light the rocket in the first place because there's no way Buzz's helmet is going to cause a fire that fast with the sunlight. Yeah, even with you know the sun reflecting, like we get it. He, what he used, what Sid did. With we the understand that, like, yes, that can work, but it's not going to work in five seconds. That's going to take a long time before. Like, it's going to be able to heat up enough to, to actually ignite something. Yeah, if anything, if it was hot enough for it to do that, I feel like parts of Buzz would have been melted. <laughs> also, especially while they're driving as well. Like, if they're move on a moving car, the, the sunlight is not going to be staying in the same exact spot and reflecting through in the same exact spot, so it's not going to be able to heat properly like well, that. Well, they weren't driving. They weren't the car they still had on died. RC at that point? Yeah, but the... RC stopped. Hmm. They weren't moving anymore. I don't know. But either way, it still should not have been able to cause a fire that quickly and to ignite this, this, the spark that lit that rocket mm -hmm. that sent it flying 500 feet through the air and all the way into the car and caused <laughs> Buzz to fly. Which Buzz Wings should not have been able to break the rope like that. Which, if it could, why didn't he just do that all in the first place? <laughs> like, just, right. oh, ooh, the rope's gone. The rocket's not on me anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know. There's so many questions. And then they land right in the box next to, to Andy. Yeah, they happen and... to land through the sunroof. Into the box. Well, also, they had to control that landing in a moving exactly. vehicle. <laughs> Buzz cannot fly, but he flew. Into a moving vehicle in a sunroof. Like, even if you're flying that, if that was a rocket, like a remote-controlled rocket, trying to land a rocket through a windshield. In a well, car the that... rocket didn't go with him. He <laughs> opened up the, his wings to release the rocket from him. <laughs> 
to cause the firework to explode know, in but, the air. But what I'm saying is, like, trying to land something in a moving vehicle in a sunroof is just physically impossible, even if you're in control of it. And Bud yeah. should not have been in control of it. And then he just lands in the box, and, and Andy hears the noise. And he's it like, doesn't oh, question it, just like, oh, hey, they were here the here's whole the toys time. That I've been searching for, and I've dug through this box, and I've dug through this car, but they've just been sitting here this entire time? No. Like, yeah. And then Andy gets a puppy for Christmas. <laughs> Which they're worried about. <laughs> oh, and Mrs. Potato Head. Yeah. But, and then he says he needs to shave, and he takes his mustache off. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story. But, like, lots of just issues with the story throughout the entire movie. Things that don't make sense. But it's still a fun story. Again, like we said, it is a very original story. It's unique. It's fun. It's interesting. There's just too many issues with it. Too many issues and too many questions that come along with it. With that, are we ready to move into our characters? Yeah, let's go and do that. All right. I have a 93 for my characters. I have a 90 for my characters. I think there's a lot of solid characters here. Woody and Buzz, obviously the, the two main characters, their like, their relationship between them is just really what carries the entire movie. Like, as you said in your fun fact, you know, Tom Hanks and uh, Tim Allen, Tim Allen uh, really played off each other very well because yes. they record together, mm-hmm. which really caused for Buzz and Woody to have that perfect dynamic between them throughout the entire movie their relationship was just incredibly well done and it was the back like i was saying earlier the back and forth banter between the two of them just woody always getting mad at him over something or just calling him names or all these kind of things and buzz just being like oblivious to everything thinking he's a space ranger and just not understanding what's going on what he does have is issues, like we were stating earlier. He's got a lot of jealousy issues. He doesn't know how to, know how to handle being not the biggest toy anymore, and not yeah. Being in he's charge. suddenly not the favorite, and now he's like freaking out about it. I mean, granted, it is. I mean, all of his friends that he knows are moving on, as well. Like all of the toy, the other toys start to treat Buzz. Like, he's the coolest thing ever. If I, all my friends just started doing that to me, I'd be mad at him, too. Like, I don't blame yeah, him. Yeah, like, guys, I still exist. Yeah, but this new person's cooler than you. Oh, thanks. Exactly. Like, he had the right to be annoyed and upset about it, but also just the way he handles it could have been just done a little bit better. And then Buzz, who's just oblivious to his entire existence, just... I love how... Quickly, he he warms up into the group of toys as well, though. Like you can see mm-hmm. him immediately just taking into the like the duties of being a toy, and, and like, even if he has no clue, them, even if he has no clue what's actually happening, he's still just trying to be a part of the group and trying to. Uh, I had the word for like what like him being a part of the group. There's a like a word. He's associated, or well, not a, a, not associated, so, um, like, and in, not instigate. See, it's something very similar to, to like the word instigated, but it, I don't know. Words are hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he just 
puts himself into the group immediately and he he's helping all the toys with whatever they needed help with and he's bonding with all the other toys but yeah and you know we watch him go from oh i'm a space cadet to oh i'm am just a toy too you know what i'm a proud toy yeah the the, the character development it was all done in such a short period of time, but it was really well done the way they did it still. Because bo both of them had that realization moment <clears throat> in the same exact point in the movie during mm -hmm. that speech is what I was referring to earlier. But it was an important growth for both of them as well to realize that they can coexist with each other and can be... They can be friends. Yeah. Um. We have... Of course, the toy, the other toys. I didn't put, I didn't note a lot of them. You know, we got Slinky, who's acts like a typical dog character. He's loyal to Woody for the most part. For the most part, up until Mr. Potato Head starts trying to split him up. <laughs> yeah. And then, then we got Mr. Potato Head, who's just a jerk. Yeah. Everything has to be about him, apparently. That's what it seems like. <laughs> Cause he I'll never call him mice, buddy. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> and I even put Rex and Ham together because we know these characters. They're just more <laughs> active in the other movies. In this movie, they don't have that big of a role. They're just the, the comedic relief in this movie, which I love Rex. Rex is hilarious. Rex is, like, Rex is funny. <laughs> We've heard his voice before in Chicken Little. Yeah. And then Ham is just kind of, you know, Ham is, uh, why can I not think of his name? We just talked about John him. John Ratzenberger. <laughs> yeah, yes. Who is in every single Pixar movie. <laughs> yes. But um, he kind of has a smart wit about him. Yeah. I love, I guess, was it Ham or Slinky? One note. Someone was, they were telling him something, and I was like, that's right, right, Rex? And they, like, go to Rex to for agreement instead of coming oh, up. Oh, Slinky, com like. Coming up hey, with his own opinion. he's our friend, right, Rex? <laughs> I don't like confrontation. <laughs> and then, of course, when it comes to villains, we got Sid. Which I wouldn't call Sid the, the like, major antagonist of the movie as well, either, though. Uh, yeah. He's not necessarily a true villain. Like, he's there for, like, one part of it, but I would But he's definitely, like, the final boss, almost. Uh, that would be closer towards the dog than him. Well, yeah, that's true. But both of them are just kind of, like, a small cog in the wheels of, like, the villain of this movie. Because Woody sets everything up on his own, so Woody starts the whole issue of them being separated to begin with and then they just kind of have to avoid Sid and his dog after that from that point on but they're kind of like half the villains half just just not good kid yeah Andy we don't really get too much of Andy to to be honest yeah. I put him down in my notes but I didn't have much <laughs> to say about him He's a good kid. Well, from what we see. From what we see, yeah. He Except for him misplacing Woody and Buzz all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then the fact that he gave up on Woody like 
Woody was his favorite toy. Then Buzz came around, and then when it was time to take only one toy with him to Pizza Planet, he's like, "Okay, I guess I'll take Woody. I don't like this thing anymore. It's not Buzz." I mean, I can't say I haven't done that either, though. Like every <laughs> kid has been through that, where they have the one toy they always play with, and then they get a new toy. Then that's the new thing for them. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how, that's how life works and that's part of the, the lesson that's being taught here and then um, of course we do have the rest of like Sid's toys which they don't have really any personalities they don't even speak no but they also go through a, a character development phase where we think they're evil nasty creations and they turn out to be nice and good they're just scared they want to help and, their fellow toys to keep from being what they are. Yeah. Other than uh, that, we don't have many other characters. The aliens are fun. They well, the aliens, yeah. The aliens they don't have always... as big of a role in this movie either, but... No, but they're They do just... end up returning in <laughs> the other movies. It's the same thing, just like all the other toys that are just around, just the army men as well. The just army men, at... um, there's some of... Others, Woody's, like miscellaneous toys, like those binoculars. But again, just the relationship between Woody and Buzz is really enough to carry this entire character section (coughs) and the majority of this movie and story. Mm -hmm. But uh, with that, I think we're ready to move to visuals. Yeah, let's let's do it. All right, for visuals, I put mine at an 88. I have a 92 for visuals. Like the visuals were good. I think what it, what we really need to factor in is to when the time that this movie came out and what how that like this like we said earlier this is the first entire like first movie where it's fully computer animated. Yeah, this and this was a '90s movie. You look at this. I I was expecting it to be pretty pretty bad. <laughs> When I was like started it, I was expecting a lot, a lot more stuff to stand out as bad animation, and like kind of wonky and just like off a bit. But like it really kind of held up. Yeah, like it's it's definitely not the greatest animation that we've seen. No, no, like, not by far. But... Especially right coming off of like Raya and Encanto and stuff like that. Yeah, like we're seeing these twenty twenty movies. But if you look at this compared to. If you think even just thinking of this compared to some of the other movies that were coming out in the mid two thousands and stuff like that for the mid two thousands when uh, Disney even was starting some of the like late two thousands going when, into when Disney was starting their computer animated films and stuff, this was way this better. This movie than, looked better than Dinosaur. It did look better than Dinosaur. <laughs> it looked better than Meet the Robinsons, honestly. It looked better than and Meet the Robinsons was pretty decent. Actually, no, yeah. I wouldn't say it looked better than Major Robinson's. But but it was around but that. It level. held up to a lot of those movies compared to, and comparatively. Like there wasn't even in all of those like when Disney started doing their three D animations and modeling and stuff like that, there was a lot of stuff that stood out as didn't fit in or it looked really off or it looked bad. And the only thing that really like in my opinion, looked bad in this movie was like the car when they were like pulling into the like the driveway and the gas mm-hmm. station and stuff like that. It just looked a bit off compared to the rest of the movie. But the amount of details that they were putting in stuff was 
as like a surprising amount for something like this. Like, yeah, you look at Mr. Potato Head in that first shot of the movie, and you can see like every single pore on his butt, like not pore, but like every all little the grooves, like, groove and... that we see on all the Mr. Potato Heads. Mm-hmm. And Rex, you can see all of his scales perfectly. Like they put so much detail into some of these things, and I'm like. We weren't getting this kind of detail and some of the stuff to come out much later than this in the Disney movies. So oh, yeah. You have to give them a lot of credit for what they were doing at this time period. And then another good thing about the visuals, uh, some of the panning they did. Yeah. Like when they revealed Buzz Lightyear for the first time. That there, starting at his feet and then slowly. There was a lot of up. great camera movements in this movie. Cinematography wise, this was a lot of a lot of groundbreaking stuff, especially for what they were doing with it. like you look at that shot when Andy was running up the stairs with Woody. They have like the first person shot of him running up the stairs mm-hmm. and like drawing him into his bed or something like that. Just the fact yeah. that they were able to accomplish that because like this was the first time they're doing something like that is really cool. And they like they made it look nice as well. It's not like it looked blurry or distorted or just like like a really bad cgi like it looked nice it really did and then um like even in the beginning of the movie we're going from you know andy's running around with woody to Mm -hmm. you've got a friend of me but then we start seeing some of the things in woody's point of view Yes, like we're looking through his eyes. That well, that's what I was, was the, when I was saying with Andy running up the stairs. It was the first person view of him going up the stairs, and they they also do this when Buzz is flying around the room. You see him mm-hmm. like what Buzz is seeing when he's flying through. Well, he's not seeing anything. His eyes are closed. <laughs> we're the ones seeing things. But if it was looking through Buzz's eyes, <laughs> and there's just so many cool visually like scenes where they follow certain toys, like when the ball is rolling, they follow the ball moving across the screen, or when the, mm-hmm. the army men are running through, they follow the way the, the army men are running through. Which, uh, speaking of that ball, that's going to be something we're going to need to be looking for in, I believe, all the Pixar movies. Is that yellow ball with the, the red yellow star ball with whatever. the red star on it. I feel like I don't remember if it's true or not, but I feel like there's a cameo with that ball in almost every Pixar movie. Interesting. I know they. it's the same thing with the light bulb, the light as well from mm-hmm. the, the Pixar logo, which also this is the only movie where the, the light doesn't move in the, the opening logo. But the, the light all is also on Andy's desk in this movie. Yeah. The, the Pixar and the clouds, eye. The cloudy wallpaper he has, I yes. believe. There is also the A113. We get our first instance uh, here in Mm -hmm. uh, Andy's mother's car, which we know that's going to be a lot more prominent in these movies than it was in Disney movies. But we we, loved it straight out of the gate. And it's in a noticeable spot as well. Like they clearly made it noticeable when they did it in this movie. Also, one of the things I loved about the visual in this was the amount of nostalgia that's just triggered from the visuals oh yeah like, all of the toys that he's playing with all the the toys opening even those few on. things that we just mentioned the ball the wallpaper the lamp mm-hmm. like those are things we just know like we look at it go oh this is toy story 
Oh, this is Pixar movie. Well, like that, but also it's all like real life stuff as well. Like all the toys that he's playing with are all real toys that like yeah. kids had, like the speaking spell or the etch a sketch or Or even Mr. Like Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head. All these sounds and noises and things are just like even like something simple for me was when he was giving his speech in that meeting in the beginning, they use this tinker toy like barrel as the meeting, like as his podium that mm-hmm. he's speaking at. And I, I still have one of those barrels like sitting right there on my shelf <laughs> over there. And I'm like, the amount of detail that they put in into it, because it looked exactly like this barrel that I'm looking at right now. I'm like, that just ties straight to my childhood. And I remember playing with this barrel like and taking all these tinker toys out of that barrel when I was a kid and playing with them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like the amount of, of detail they captured in all of these toys, and it makes you remember all of these things as well. With like the etch a sketch and the speaking spell and all these kinds of things, there's just so many memories tied to these things, and I love how visually they're able to capture that kind of stuff. Yeah, a couple things they did so cool with some of the transitions that they did. I don't know if you noticed. There was like one scene where they they had like uh it was a shot of Sid's t shirt and it kinda like faded into the next scene of when they were yeah. playing. And it was like this really cool crossfade that they did. And then that the transition they did from day to night at at one of the points. You, it's like the starry night and then the stars kinda fade away and it gets brighter and it just turns into day. I thought that was really cool. I I don't have much else than my visual notes. Uh, yeah, uh, there wasn't too much. I mean, there was a lot of cool action sequences that stuck out, but like we talked about that already for the most part. I just really loved the way they captured that kind of stuff in this, and I think it's a great. Like, if this is the first movie, imagine where we're gonna go from here. Oh yeah, like it's funny how like this was Pixar's first movie, and they're already doing better than like some of the stuff disney was doing in like 10 15 years ahead of it yeah and i i actually remember like even toy story 2 still being better looking than toy story yeah but with that let us continue moving on to our atmosphere i have a 96 for my atmosphere i have a 94 for my atmosphere see I think what really gets me here, I mean, the music is good. It's a couple of good songs in there. The background music is great. But for me, what really sells this movie is the voice acting and the sound effects. Yes. I think. Which, I mean, going ahead and talking about the music, it's iconic. It is. Like, even just the background music, you'll instantly know, oh, this is Toy Story. Yes, it is such an iconic soundtrack and like randy newman does a great job of setting again this is what i what i the reason i call this atmosphere is the the category is he does such a great job of setting the atmosphere up for this movie with the music that he's playing Mm -hmm. and all the songs that like set it up like you got a friend of me initially just pulls you straight into the like woody and and andy's relationship and which even that that's just a song that everyone knows. It's like how Rainbow Connection is with the Muppets 
you've got a friend with me is with Disney and Toy Story and all that. Which I'll be completely honest, it's not my favorite song. I I think it's kind of it can get kind of annoying after a little bit. Well, I think that's more of Randy Newman's <laughs> singing abilities. But I mean, it's still a great song for what it is. But it's it can be overdone. Like yeah. I've been I've been playing Disney Dream White Valley, which is like. It's basically like Animal Crossing with Disney characters. I have you... not played it yet, but I have it. <laughs> but they just released the Toy Story in a new update, and they, they used You Got a Friend of Me as the background music, and it's just You Got a Friend of Me playing on loop over and over and over again. I'm like... Like the full song, or is it just... No, it's just like the background can... music. Like, <laughs> instrumental version of it. Oh, okay. But, like, that's the only song that they put in there. And I'm like, after the eighth time of hearing You Got a Friend of Me, I'm like, you couldn't have added a different song in there like and mixed it up a little bit. Strange things are happening. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm kind of done with this song already. And I can, I can, I feel like it's the same thing with, like, that song in general. It's like, it's not one of those songs that you're going to listen to on repeat, like, with some of the other Disney songs that we, we love so much. Mm-hmm. But it not taking away from what it what it is for the movie and what like the song it is. It's iconic. Yeah, and same like even the other strange things. Is that what it's called? Strange things. Yeah, strange things and then I forgot to write down the name of the other song he did. The the Buzz Lightyear song, that epic build up song to him trying to fly. All I can think of is I can fly. <laughs> they have that extremely epic build up to when Buzz is about to fly out the window and then he just falls. <laughs> What's that I feel like that's like the scoring perfection song, really. Yeah. That that really did now. Because as he's falling just suddenly that that trill down that's like Yeah. Oh, it's not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We have, yeah, we have those three songs that they put in there, and they all are great for the movie, and they all fit well. And like you said, all the background music was was really well done as well. But the voice acting is just on another level here. It's spot on, like, even... Every single character. Besides... Again, this is the cast that's, like, huge. And, like, the cast sticks with throughout all of the movies, too. Yeah. No one's really replaced much, if at all. I don't. I don't think anyone gets replaced. Well, I think. I think the Don original Rickles, when he passed away. I don't know if that was before the last Toy Story. Yeah, but like, it's just phenomenal. It also really they like like we were saying earlier. Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, the way they they play off of each other, they do it so well. But besides the voice acting, there were so many sound effects that really were so well done in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like all the toys, they had the distinct sounds that the actual toy should make as a child. Like from like playing with those toys, you know that's what that toy sound. That's what that toy should sound like. Hearing the um, army men walk, you'd be like, "Yeah, I can hear it waddling." Like, mm -hmm. and the, the, like the the filter that they would put on Woody with his pull string. Like or or buzz at, buzz is buttons or that buzz he would use button. to talk. Like you can hear that robotic y like you know. That, they were saying it was like great quality stuff, but <laughs> that was nineties great quality stuff. Yeah. For us but, it still had that robotic y 
but well, I love the fact, Yeah, the fact that they put that different differentiation in there and they made it stand out where you can tell that it's supposed to be his toy sounding voice and not him actually speaking and yes it's like and with woody you can definitely f- hear like the sound things hidden within some cotton in there yes it's uh, muffled for sure there was just so many little things like just the sound of them running it was making little pitter patters on the floor mm-hmm. there was also another sp- like part where they were running and it was like making like a comedic squeaking noise that just like had me cracking up because it was just so perfect like uh even the yetcha sketch whenever it was drawing just the every single sound effect just was so perfectly placed here and they they really did a great job of like keeping everything true to to real life Mm mm-hmm but like I was saying, I think that's where really where the, the the heart of this atmosphere comes from. Not trying to take anything away from Andy Newman and his wonderful songs and his what he did for the music. But like again, the music's iconic. It really <laughs> is. Uh with that, I guess we can move on to our entertainment. Let's go for it. That's you first. No, that's me. Uh <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> Take um, one week, one week <laughs> off, and we're already lost to what we're supposed to do. Uh, for entertainment, I put it at a ninety-two. I have a ninety-five for my entertainment. I know this isn't my favorite Pixar movie, but it's still really good. There's just so many great jokes throughout this movie, and so many fun moments, and just all these cool little action sequences and cool little things throughout it. The joke that got me. That I was talking about earlier that I did not catch before. Yeah. Was while Buzz was having tea with the two headless dolls. Yeah. And he goes, I'm just sipping here, sipping tea with Marie Antoinette and her sister. You know, Marie Antoinette being a former queen who got her head chopped off. <laughs> like, yes. I didn't catch that until we watched, until I watched it for this episode. And like, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe they made that joke. Yes. It's brilliant, though. <laughs> there were so many brilliant jokes that were made throughout this. Like, and then when uh, Slinky was, like, sucking up to Woody, Mr. Potato Head takes his mouth off and starts putting it on his butt, like... <laughs> yes, that was great. One of the things that got me was Woody kept coming up with all these names for Buzz whenever he was getting mad at him. Like, he called him Mr. Buzz Lightbeer at one point, which had me cracking up. <laughs> Uh, there was another one that he called. He called him. I can't remember what what it was, but it was also like along the same lines of like light beer or something like mm-hmm. that. And it's like I didn't never caught that before up until this point when I was like actually paying attention to everything. But like this, there was something that also really got me was the virtual reality realtors. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> the virtual realtors. Virtual VR. realty. <laughs> the, the moving, uh, the, the people that are selling the house. It's a realtor company, but they called it virtual, virtual realtors. <laughs> as in VR, virtual reality. Which, which I mean, wasn't big in the 90s, but it was definitely a concept that was already starting. Yeah, but I do love that they threw that in there. And just all these constant back and forth arguments between buzz and woody 
mm-hmm. was just filled with so much humor and it's just hard not to love them as characters as well and then uh when everyone's asking where buzz is from like oh hey are you made in china are you made he's like i'm from this galactic federation and he's reading off every he's saying everything that's written on the back of his <laughs> on box. the back of the box <laughs> and then what do you see the mr potato heads oh yeah well i'm from price play school <laughs> like oh a real company and rex says i'm from mattel and then he explains like how mattel's just is actually he's actually from a junior company that mattel bought <laughs> and like we were saying earlier that that moment when buzz is watching the commercial with him in it and he he they say the catchphrase that he pressed when he presses the button and you see him press the button and it plays the catchphrase and the then... exact one that he <laughs> just heard and what? then as it's flying on the commercial it just goes not a flying toy <laughs> i love how they just had to throw that in there just to make it sting even more for like him. hey guess what you don't fly <laughs> well when woody opens buzz's helmet for the first time and buzz <laughs> he's is freaking out for think, air. thinking he's gonna die <laughs> and then this is always just a reference that i loved as a kid and even as an adult i love watching it it's that morning when woody's waking up and getting out of the toy chest and like hey who has my hat the shark pops out with it just i'm woody howdy 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 <laughs> like that wasn't needed but it was one but it, it was very appreciated it's so funny just it's so stupid and it's so ridiculous but it's just a cheap little laugh that's hilarious and we got puns we even got puns yeah like woody's like hey come on buzz can you go up here he'll lend me a hand and buzz throws his <laughs> disattached <laughs> arm just yeah. <laughs> haha also there's a joke that andy's mother makes to him she's like uh it's at the gas i think it's at the gas station or when they're leaving the house she was like oh yeah uh when we come back you can sit in the driver's seat and i'll even let you drive and he's like really she's like yeah when you're 16 and you hear andy mocking her he's like ha 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 you're so funny <laughs> it's like yeah i like but yeah there's just so many great moments and it's such an iconic movie it's just of course it has its like action and its drama of course that really like Mm -hmm. makes you swell up and feel for these characters yeah uh are we ready to to give out one more joke that i you know one more joke that we already made but like that i really appreciated was when they're at the birth waiting for the birthday party presents mr potato it's like come on mrs potato head mrs potato head <laughs> mrs potato head hey i could dream and then at christmas he gets a mrs potato head and then he's like just in awe and he rips his mustache off like i need to shave <laughs> again part of mr potato head being selfish though is he's only he's like he's, he wants a mr potato head <laughs> yeah for himself <laughs> Okay, now I'm ready to move on. <laughs> All right. My overall score is a 92. Mine's an 88.4. Okay. Quite a difference. Yeah, but still a very high score. That's when, still a decent score, yeah, for... For like, the first this movie, movie... came in the 90s. It was Pixar's first movie. Look at... Think of, like... 
how long it took us to get a score like this in like Disney. I feel like we weren't anywhere close to the something like this. Which Disney, until, you know, like, did start earlier. But this was Pixar's first movie. This was their first feature film as a like I mean they're still technically attached to Disney. And they were reporting to Disney, like we said. They were working with Disney and like obviously they were dealing with them. They were being funded also fun a kind of fun fact here. This is a Pixar in general fun fact was that Steve Jobs had purchased stake in in Pixar at this point and was funding this project and some of their other projects and stuff like that. And that's what nice. kept them afloat during that time when production was being halted and stuff like that. So we have Steve Jobs to thank for yes. Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. Like, yeah, this was definitely a good movie for Pixar to start off with. This was a great start to the movies that they had put out. And I'm sure, like... After they put this out, I'm sure Disney was was, was more like re- I keep trying to say reluctant, but it's the opposite of reluctant that I'm trying to say. I don't know why. Again, I cannot think of words today. Disney was definitely on board with the oh hey, let's keep getting yeah. this company to keep making us movies mm-hmm. because yes, the movies do get better from here. Like, some of them definitely get better from here. Yeah, I mean, they put out a lot of great hits. I honestly can't really think of too many bad Pixar movies. There's some that I don't get into that's not really my thing, but even Yeah, as like there are the some whole... that are like, okay, it's a, it's a, it's a movie. <laughs> but there's none that are, like, definitely going to be like, oh, this isn't absolute terrible train wreck of a movie like we had a couple with disney yeah already but like pixar i can't think of any that i've seen that's like oh yeah this is bad yeah i mean i feel like maybe some of the car sequels maybe the car sequels because i've only seen the first one yeah i i don't know i have like not too like i can't really think about seeing them but i was never the biggest cars fan to begin with so like i don't remember seeing the sequels after that as well but but yeah we have a lot of fun stuff still to come next week we have a bug's life which like i said earlier was one of my favorite like i remember really loving that movie as a kid that's a movie i loved as a child also and i haven't seen it in a long time i it has to be at least 15 20 years since the last time i watched this movie i I think about the same for me so this is gonna be a nice little trip down memory lane and i'm I'm excited welcome all to season two thank you for being here for our first episode for season two and for those who watched us in season one yes uh well may hopefully we have some new listeners by now again keep spreading the word of this podcast uh if you're not following the Facebook page already, please go follow the Facebook page because that's where you'll be getting updates as to if an episode will be late or if things changing or even just how we can interact with you and get your opinions on stuff. Yeah, we look forward to doing the rest of the season. Uh, until next time, may all your dreams come true. Bye. <laughs>